more senior guys came up to us as a group on our very first day. And he said, you know, if there's one thing I can tell you guys to carry through the rest of your career, it's to never show your weakness around here because we prey on our weak. Hello, everybody. This is the Venus and Mars podcast, and I'm your host, Anya Shack. I'm a culture and trend strategist, researcher of all things hunter-gatherer, and I'm devoted to healing the divide between men and women. So if you like what you hear and you're on Team Unite Venus and Mars, then join me in growing the movement by hitting subscribe. Now let's get straight into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Venus and Mars podcast. You've got your host, Anya Shack here. And today we're getting into the male psyche, which I love to do. Uh, I do this all the time, but this is with a very special man named Chris Howe. And I'm really excited to talk to him because I have just kind of from afar watched the story of his hero's journey. And it's been really meaningful for me to see a man who has gone from addiction to being a husband, to being a stepfather, to now being a fighter, to being someone that helps others deal with the trauma and the issues that they go on, that go on in their lives. He's an inspiring man. He, he has a beautiful story and I'm really touched by his vulnerability and his ability to get real about what it means to be a man and all that goes on in the minds of men um, as it relates to relationships and fatherhood and addictions and all of these important issues that all of us face. So without further ado, welcome, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be on the show. I love it. Well, I'm so excited to jump into it. So first, I would l- I, I'm actually just going to start with something fun that I love to do with all of my oh. guests. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to ask you, in honor of Venus and Mars, what is your favorite thing about women? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say my favorite thing about women would have to be their strength and what they can show me about myself. Mm. I learn a lot. I learn a lot from women and I always have um, more so than than the male role models in my life. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. <sighs> Just taking that one in. And I think we're going to get into a lot of that today mm-hmm. um, as we discuss like your life and what you've been through. I think storytelling is so important and Um, I would just love to hear, you know, maybe just jump into kind of what brought you here today, you know, hosting authentic adversity, doing what you're doing now and the way that you help people. Um, We'd just love to hear how you got here. Yeah, sure. Um, So for myself, I, uh, I battled with like substance abuse, uh, addiction, uh, mental health uh, issues for about 17 years uh, from probably the time I was 14 or 15 until I was 32. Um, All of that happened as a result of, um, I I would say, you know, a big part, a result of um, my upbringing and my childhood and the trauma that I um, endured in in those early years. Um, And that's where I found my my escape is drugs, alcohol, music and people. Um, So for 17 years, I was uh, out of control, drug addict, alcoholic. Um, I, any, I just created a wake of chaos everywhere I went. Um, somehow I managed to, to find my way into a a decent job. I work for the fire department here in Canada, uh, Niagara Falls. And, um, you know, that, that kind of 
that showed me some some different things as well. Um, you know, one one thing that I always talk about um, that was very uh, it was very difficult for me when I first got hired as a firefighter. One of the uh, more senior guys came up to us as a group on our very first day, and he said, "You know, if there's one thing I can tell you guys to carry through the rest of your career, it's to never show your weakness around here because we prey on our weak." And you know, you're you're hired to do a job. You suck it up. You be a man, you know, quote unquote, be a man, mm -hmm. um, walk it off, whatever. You're going to see things that most people don't have to see, um, but we're paid well to do it. And, you know, we're not paid to whine or cry about it. And um, that for me, because, you know, I was uh, I was I was harboring a lot. Um, and that for me um, was very, very difficult because it was something that that further solidified the fact that I couldn't share my feelings openly and honestly um, with my peers and my coworkers and, you know, truly to, to other men, especially, Yeah, uh, you know, I had to keep up this hard facade of this like firefighter, tough guy, whatever it was. Right. And, you know, I saw some things that were very traumatic and um, I went through a lot um, in my career. <clears throat> um, you know, I managed to sober up after um, multiple suicide attempts, a lot of really 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 low rock bottoms like i always say um you know every rock bottom has a trap door you know you can get lower mm. um, it's just where do you want to stop right so for me um at age 32 i i i got sober clean and sober and and i haven't uh you know i'm i'm turning 45 next month i haven't had a drink or a drug since then um and in that time um i really did a lot of like deep work on myself mm. and uh very uncomfortable work I got to know myself, which I never did before. Yeah. Um, I got to uh, redefine what a man is uh, and what a yeah. man could be. Yeah. Um, in that time, I started working with others. I started going into the jails and the prisons, helping other guys, um, you know, change their life uh, or lives. And um, <clears throat> I really, I really learned the uh, the power in sharing our secrets, our, our deepest, darkest secrets that we. You know, at least for myself, I thought I would take to the grave and, you know, to share that mm -hmm. with another human being. I saw, you know, I found a lot of freedom in that. And uh, a real, uh, it was a real liberating time mm -hmm. in my life where I could actually admit these things and really change the trajectory of my life. Um, so I, I got, um, you know, I'm an addict at heart, right? I got kind of addicted to this, uh, you know, working with others and giving back. And I, I kind of yeah. loved it, you know, and and. You know, it, to me, um, you know, I dove, I dove headfirst into a lot of things. Uh, fighting was one of them. I, yep. I was boxing and Muay Thai fighting uh, and training uh, here and in Thailand um, for a number of years. Um, you know, I, I dove into like, you know, just anything healthy. And the main focus was the helping others and the giving back piece. Um, in that time, you know, I, I had several... Uh, failed relationships or relationships that really were not right for me, but they were learning relationships. Mm -hmm. I was learning how to be a, uh, you know, a regular functioning human in the yeah. world who yeah. didn't depend on drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think a, a lot of these, I learned a lot from these women who came into my life and, and um, I think they all prepared me for, um, for my, my current wife. Yeah. And uh, you know, her and I met, um, at a very, you know, both of us, both of us were just out of, uh, 
really, really trying relationships. I, I yeah. was in a, a long distance relationship that I was flying back and forth to the Caribbean every two, oh, every week. Um, wow. She was in a, in a, I want to say a four year marriage at the time uh, that wasn't working out. And, um, you know, both of us were, we were not seeking a relationship whatsoever. Um, you know, and truth be told, we met on Tinder. Um, oh, really? And, yeah, it's hilarious. I mean, <laughs> she she at the time lived four hours away from me, um, and I uh, I was I'm an old guy. Like I I I I was resistant to this idea of online yeah. dating. I always said like, you know, if I can't find a partner or a relationship face to face in person, like uh, there's something wrong with me. I gotta this, <laughs> you know. I, but it's old. It's an old way of thinking. You know, I didn't grow up with the internet. I didn't grow up with like yeah. smartphones, right? Totally. Um. So my friends just like convinced me. I just after, you know, dates that were just so-so, not great, not doing anything yeah. for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. They said, just go on the app. You'll have fun. And like with so much hesitation, I was kicking and screaming. They signed me up for this thing. And within a week of being on that, on Tinder, I matched with my wife. That's um, hilarious to me. Yeah. And she she lived four hours away, as I said, and we just both happened to be in Toronto. So we, she lived two hours north of Toronto. I lived uh, about an hour and a half kind of west of Toronto. Yeah. Um, we, we were both uh, in Toronto at the same time. So our locations matched up. And um, so, you know, I saw her profile and I was like, well, first of all, she's stunning. Yeah. You know, I was taken by her beauty. Um, yeah. And second of all, the first thing on her profile said she's sober. Second thing says she's uh she's into muay thai um and then the third thing says she's a tattoo artist and these are all things that you know i mean i i don't know if this is going to be video or, yeah, or audio or whatever but it will be. <laughs> i have tattoos chris has tattoos you guys just a yeah. few <laughs> um and and i um and i grew, i grew up around I, I was getting tattooed since i was yeah you know, 14 or 15 years old and um it's just a, a culture that I kind of was enamored with since a, since a kid. Yeah. And um, so we planned, you know, we, we said, let's meet up. This is no strings attached. We don't want relationships, whatever. And of course, you know, uh, being, being that we were four hours away from each other, it was kind of a commitment to meet up. Um, we didn't meet that night. She was flying out to a tattoo convention. So, you know, and of course, as I said, I, I'm an older guy, so I'm like, Hey, you know, I hope you don't think this is weird, but can I call you? We love it. And we talked yeah. on the phone and and that that conversation, you know, we that it just didn't stop until we finally met. And um, I don't know, I can only speak for myself, but I think that when I met her, um, I mean, we had an amazing night and she was flying out the next morning and it just that that night turned into the life we have today. Like we just did not we were inseparable, um, you know, uh from that night we couldn't get enough of each other we were ca calling texting facetime whatever yeah and then uh you know traveling back and forth to see each other um she has a she has a son and mm -hmm. at the time he was four years old so um i was very you know i was very um against kids like okay. not <laughs> for myself okay i think kids are great i just said i don't i don't want them i don't i didn't i didn't see myself and it was um an insecurity of mine. Yeah. I think I didn't see myself as fit to be a father. I didn't, yeah. you know, I had been a, you know, uh, for the majority of my life, I, I thought I, I figured myself as a failure and, um, right. I thought I was not fit to, to raise a child. And, 
you know, after some time, she introduced me to him. And, you know, I, the connection with him happened just as quick as the connection with her. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, my God, this kid is amazing. Um, and wow. there was no reluctance from him either, which was, you know, uh, at four years old to, you know, and your parents had just split. Now there's this new guy. And it was just like he, I, I was just his buddy and he was happy to see me. And, you know, it was uh, it was amazing. All the pieces just fell right into place for us. Yeah. Not to say that we haven't had our hardships uh, like any yeah. couple does, but, um, you know, and and she, uh, you know, we've been together, uh, we've been married about two years now. Uh, we've been together about four and, um, you know, she's, she's really, she's really pushed me to do some things that were out of my comfort zone, like, you know, starting, starting my own podcast and, uh, you know, doing that as, you know, another piece of kind of giving back and, um, I love it. yeah, interviewing people about their you know, personal stories of overcoming adversities in life. And, um, you know, I, me on my own, I would have never done that. I wouldn't have the guts to do it, but with her, with her, um, kind of by my side and her reassuring me that it's, you know, you're, you're worthy of something like this and, and you, you are good enough. And this like constant support system, um, you know, beside me at all times. Yeah. Honestly, I felt like there's nothing I can't do with her you know <laughs> i really there's something i can't try with her yeah, yeah she's 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 an amazing woman and um very strong very powerful very talented very you know she's a she does it all she really does that's beautiful i love this i'm excited to jump into more around your relationship but first i wanted to ask you you mentioned like as you were talking about your story that it was super important for you to be able to open up to men and only when you were yep. able to do that did things start to change? Mm -hmm. What do you think is the difference um, from a male perspective when in regards to opening up to men versus opening up to women? Like, what is that distinction that is so key in your life? Well, it's um, to me, I mean, I, I was brought up, you know, my father wasn't a real hard guy. Uh, but he was a business guy and and pretty cutthroat that way. Mm. Um, but I was really, I mean, I, my grandfather was a, a really hard man, and yeah. he and I always looked up to him, and I always thought that you know there was this this thing about him, you know, you don't cry, you don't, you know, you can if you you have you have a problem, you can fight it, you know, fight over it, and then have a beer afterwards or whatever. He's one right. of these kind of guys, right? Right. And I I think for me, um, a lot of the a lot of those like those myths or the, those, those, um, you know, false, um, I, they're false truths or, or whatever, I guess mm -hmm. that a lot of men have that we have to always have to be this hard stoic figure. Mm -hmm. Um, so opening up to another man was a lot of, you know, women, when I could, I could talk to women because most women were open and honest and, um, it would land on softer ears mm -hmm. with a man. It was always this. What is he, what is he going to think of me? Mm. If I, if I share this piece, what is he, you know, if I let him in on this vulnerable piece of my past, is he going to think differently of me? Is he going to treat me differently? Is he going to go tell other people about it? And then they're going to think differently about it or about me. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it was a trust thing, right? Like I really didn't, um, I didn't trust my secrets with, uh, for fear of being judged. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. So, and it seems like perhaps there's this like element of 
it's so interesting that to develop trust within mm-hmm. yourself, you needed to develop trust with other men. Yeah. Too. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, um, what, what I did find when I finally did muster the, you know, with, uh, with hesitation, of course, but, you know, as I sort of dipped my toes in those waters of like, you know, and it came for me, it came in the, in the form of through uh, recovery programs where I could talk to another man about things, admit some of the things I did when I was drinking and using that I was very ashamed of. Yeah. And what I did find, and, and I still find today is that every time I share something that I think is like something to be judged or something that would possibly change uh, someone's opinion of me. They always, uh, nine times out of 10, they'll say, I have the exact same story, but the details are a little different. And, you know, they'll share something that's equally um, vulnerable to them. um, And it gives me that um, assurance that, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of free trade back and forth where, you know what I mean? You tell me a secret, I'll tell you a secret. And then, we hold each other's secrets and that's how I built trust up. And to the point yeah. where, to the point where uh, I started to really, you know, I f- find a lot of freedom in that. And yeah. sometimes people couldn't shut me up about like, I'd be talking, <laughs> yeah. I'd be oversharing with. Yeah. They're strangers. The spectrum. Yeah. For sure. The addict in me wants to <laughs> overshare. Right. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I totally get yeah. that. You know, it's really interesting. I, I read a quote somewhere once that was like, the most universal truths are the darkest ones. Like the thing that you think is the worst thing is the thing that somebody else will relate to you most over. Yeah, it's so true. And um, some of my best friends today came by that way. You know what I mean? They came, they came from sharing something and, and that, you know, them just saying, you know what, that happened to me too. Yeah. And, and it's a, I think for men, it's a, it's a bond that, you know, okay, shit, like that was hard to talk about, but now somebody else has the opportunity to talk about it and yeah. we can share that together. Yeah. And we always have that pact almost yeah. with each other. Um, and then it becomes, you know, I, it becomes, you know, I don't have any friends that I don't share like that with. I don't yeah. have any friends that, you know, male friends, especially that I don't, that I can't be vulnerable around, that I can't share my, you know, and if I do, they don't, I don't you know, if if they, if there is ever any uh, resistance that way, well, we, I just create space yeah. from that person because I need to have those people in my life and I need to have those strong men who aren't afraid to share yep. um, in their life. And, you know, a lot of us are married and a lot of us are, are uh, in parental roles and you yeah. know, that opens the door to conversations that I need to be able to have yeah, um, in order it's to huge. be a better partner, a better father, um, and a better person all around. I love that. So I want to kind of like close the loop on like the first part of your life as we move into a little bit further. So I, addictions come in so many forms, right? Like just, it's like a full gamut, full spectrum. Like I'm thinking of people that, you know, undersleep and overwork people that overeat, right. People that are just, there's so many different types of addictions. And I find that there's always the addictions are the, you know, the, the thing that we're using to, to mask a, a deeper root issue. Like the, it's, it's just a coping mechanism. And so I'm curious, like what, if you could really describe it, what was that kind of like root 
issue that you were just wrestling with inside of yourself that you can think of? That led me that that kind of uh, drove my addictions. Yeah. That I was um, not good enough and unworthy right. of love. And that, yeah, that was the um, that was the driver for a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Gosh, it's just so relatable. So I think everybody has it to a degree, right? Any of us feel that way. It's just so, so relatable. Yeah. 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 It's, um, I think it's, it's, uh, I think we pick it up as children and, um, somewhere along the line, somebody's made us feel that way and we believe them. Yeah. And that person who probably made us feel that way, I'm sure had no idea that they made <laughs> us feel that way and that yeah. we carried this thing for the rest of our life. But, um, you know, I, I I do always try to make a point to say uh, to remind people or remind myself as well that like a lot of times the people who raised us, you know, they weren't in touch with themselves. They weren't mm -hmm. in touch with you know how to be a good parent. There wasn't all the information, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, out there that there is today. Yeah. And um, you know, it was kids raising kids, and you know, yeah, damage was done that nobody could see. Nobody, nobody could, could see. see it. Yeah. You know, so I don't I don't lay blame on anybody for that, you know, um, but totally. I certainly know that 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 negative core belief of mine was that I yeah. was not worthy of love. So as you've taken kind of ownership and responsibility for this, because that's kind of what the journey really is for all of us, where we realize, you know what, it's no one's fault, but now yeah. it's my job to figure this out if I want to live differently than my parents did. Right. Um, what would you say are differences in the way that you step parent now than mm -hmm. than you would have probably if you hadn't gone through the journey you went on what are the yeah. different ways yeah well for sure um <laughs> yeah i i th there's a lot there um i mean for me you know i've done extensive therapy both uh inpatient and out um and i've really done some digging on my childhood and been able to pull some pieces out that really mm. gave me some awareness about how not to be as a mm. parent and and how you can be damaging as i kind of said before without knowing you're being damaging or you yeah. you know um you know simple things like holding space for a child mm. um you know simply you know talking about feelings you know not not you know th these are the you know my parents would would yell and scream at me, call me names. You know, sometimes there was violence involved, but um, I don't ever remember there being a time when somebody said, how do you feel? How does that make you feel? <laughs> yeah. And to, and to give me the space to, to actually talk about my emotions, right? Yeah. Um, so that's a big thing for, for us in our house right now. Um, we're always, the, the question is always, how do you feel? How does that make you feel? Mm -hmm. How do you think that makes us feel? Um, and it's not in, in a punitive way. It's just like a this. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Um. You know, our 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 son is. Um. You know, we do a lot of online meetings and and in person meetings as well. He's in those spaces, so he's hearing people sharing openly and honestly. And I I believe that he's kind of learning, sort of, in the background. He's learning about this. Like, wow, people can share and be open and honest about things. Then, you know, nobody's going to judge them. Um, yeah. Validating a kid's feelings is so important. That you know. Um, rather than being reactive and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, really the simple things like, you know, um, getting down on the floor 
and playing with a child. Yeah. Rather than handing them a toy and saying, go off to the room or handing them a video game and say, go off to, you know, my kid loves video games, but, um, you know, there, there's sometimes when we have to take them away from them. And, you know, I think that, uh, an important piece there is, you know, we don't just take the game away and say, okay, now go find fun somewhere else. It's like, take the game away. Now let's play, you know, let's, let's do something interactive together. You know, let's play a board game. Let's do, you know, <laughs> connect four or let's, you know what I mean? Something that's, it will keep him occupied, but thinking and, um, community minded, you know, right. talking, talking to us about things. So I think the the biggest thing there, um, yeah, just keeping the lines of communication open and giving, you know, holding space for a child is yeah. the biggest, the biggest thing that I think any parent can do. And, right. um, that's yeah. so true. It's like, I think all of those things, I mean, you're, they're building self-worth because you can give a child everything financially. Yeah. You can give a child, you know, all the most, the best things in the world, but if they don't have, if they don't feel seen, like they yeah. don't feel loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's it. Right. And, yeah. you know, even the, the, the little things like, you know, playing sports or, or whatever. Yeah. There's no, you know, of course everybody likes to win, but you know, I, well, the first question is like, did you have fun? It's not, you know, it's not, it's, did you have fun? Was that good for you? Like, was it, did you, did you enjoy the game? You know, yeah. was it nice to see your friend? That's what it's about. Right. And yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I have, um, I have a hard time sometimes because I, I, I can feel my parents' behavior coming out in me sometimes or, or yes. starting to like bubble up and I really have to check it before mm. it boils over if you know what I mean and um so that having that awareness um about what was damaging to me and the fact that okay I've identified these key pieces in my childhood and I don't want that to be repeated and I was right. very 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 scared of that for a long time right. you know am I gonna am I gonna mess this kid up am I gonna repeat some of the 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 things because it's in it's just been instilled for 45 years I've known only this right so and you know and and we do you know our our family we all take part in in uh like we do child psychology the three of us like so we have a psychologist child psychologist that my wife and I meet with and then our son's name is Ezra that Ezra meets with and so we're all working on this like sort of uh progression of life together right like we're yeah. we're all learning so i think yeah. it's a you know i think that's a big thing right to to always be learning and always be teachable when it comes to totally. especially parenting yeah. i love that that's so good i was actually just gonna ask you i was like what do you struggle with and i and it's all those like little just being aware of all those little micro moments that yeah. <laughs> seem to just like you know right away i i know that there's a pattern that um I remember when I was a kid, my dad would always like just rage super intensely if like yeah. some little thing was done differently than he thought it should be. Right. And I realized that he thought that like by someone not forgetting to turn the light off or something, it was like a personal offense to him or, to him. or and yeah. that's why he would rage. And so I, I know that now and it's all good, but sometimes I catch myself like if someone, I don't know, made a mess or did something like ridiculous. I I'm like, okay, this is not a personal offense against me. 
Yeah. They just made a mistake or they just made it, you know, they did something. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And and I, I I can totally relate to that because I'm the same way. And, you know, there's been times like, don't get me wrong. I'm I there's been a lot of times where I've I've kind of raged out. Um, yeah. When I've been pushed and I shouldn't say I've been pushed, but when I've allowed myself to be. Yeah. To, to, to kind of stay in that spin cycle of like selfishness around, you know, yeah. yeah, he made a mess or whatever. But I didn't look at the fact that. Well, in that mess making, he was actually in being creative and having fun. Exactly. And then I'm I'm yelling and screaming about the mess. And then I have to, you know, I have to go and make amends for that and tell yeah, him, you know, when it does happen, you know, if I don't, as I said, like nobody's perfect. And if I can't check myself before that happens, um, yeah. then I need to model the behavior of somebody who can take ownership of a mistake, mm. bring it to somebody, speak, as I said, man to man or or whatever, you know, uh, with him and I like, you know, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. You did not deserve that. You did nothing wrong. And I'm I was, you know, I'm I am I am totally at fault for for that. And, you know, let's you know, let's let's make a mess together. You yeah. know what I mean? Or let's I do, love that. You know, and, 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 you know, as much as it, like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I like my things to be where I put them and where, you know, but yeah. as much as it, you know, it's, it's a, it's a struggle for me. It's a, it's a teachable moment for me as well. Right. So I get to make a mess with him or, or like horse around or, you know, like play some kind of sport upstairs and knock things over and not care about it for a while. Mm. It, it allows me to be a child again too. Right. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah, he's really, he's really allowed me to kind of like tap into that inner child in yeah. me, and um and soften up and and kind of like lighten up when I, when I really need to. Yeah, you know when yeah. otherwise I wouldn't on my own, right? And, totally. Uh, yeah, I love it. That's, yeah, that's so great. You know, as as you guys are all listening to to this and this, these storytellings, I'm sure you can find yourselves in these stories. So many of us have very similar experiences. And right away, I think of the balance of masculine and feminine. This is something I'm really passionate about. And when I think about a man who rages out, it's it's a man that's missing. He's he's not in touch with that feminine essence. And so when you think about masculinity, it's really into order. And when you think about femininity, it's all about chaos. And because in femininity, creation happens. And so when the masculine is not in sync with the feminine, his order becomes like a dictatorship or like tyranny. It goes to the far end. And so like, those are the kind of moments where I'm remembering my dad and I'm remembering, you know, I don't know, we can connect it to like dictators to like Stalin, you know, and then <laughs> Russian. So I always have to throw in a little bit yeah. of that. Um, <laughs> And, and just generally like men, when they rage, people get scared. This is something yeah. that is like a cultural truism that men are the ones that scare us when they're angry. Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, nothing's broken my heart. Like seeing my stepson scared when I have acted out like that, mm. nothing, nothing has hurt me that as bad as that that feeling mm. that I got that, you know, um, I mean, it's only happened once or twice, but yeah, you know, the feeling when I could, I could see his little eyes looking, looking at me and actually see fear. Um, it was, you know, I, 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 I instantly recoiled and like, yeah. 
I it, that that was heartbreaking to see, and it, and the fact that mm, my missteps led yeah. to that. Um, there was there there is a lot there is a lot of amends to be made in times like that, and um, mm. you know I'm I I I do my best every day to yeah to, to continue to to make those. Um, it's not like I, I you know it's a living amends. It's like yeah I've learned from that mistake, and I never want to see that. I never want to see that look in your eye again because because of me, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's a it's a scary thing, and um, you know, my wife is uh, my wife is a real um, uh, she's a real fighter in in every um yeah. sense of the word. Yeah, and she can weather any storm, even mm. when I can't handle myself. And, you know, she's 14 years younger than me. And she is somebody who has wisdom beyond, mm. you know, beyond her years, beyond my years. Uh, I, I don't know where she gets it. I don't know. Like, you know, she just. I don't know. She has a way she can just look at me and I know, <laughs> OK, I need, I've she just gives me one look and I know, OK, uh, it's time I haven't you know, I'm out of balance. I need to check myself or I need yeah. to, you know, and and in those in those moments, in those storms that she's able to kind of like keep her, um, you know, keep her straight line and stay yeah. balanced. Um, I've really had to depend on her. Um, and that's a hard thing for, I guess, me as a man to say, right? Um, yeah. You know, I look to her for for a lot of things and, you know, support and um, and kind of, you know, writing my path when I stray. She yeah. always is there to do that for me, yeah. you know, and yeah. I try my best to do that for her, of course. But I feel like I, I, I lean on her a little more than she leans on me. Um, yeah. And um, that for me, you know, we talked a little bit of, about that off air, but there's been a lot, you know, with, with our relationship, that's been um, very uh, revealing to me as, as a, you know, to sort of find my place as a man. And yeah. she's taught me a lot about that. Yeah. Let's, Let's dive right in there. I'm just yeah. so keen to do that. And thank you for your vulnerability and your honesty. And just um, the way you tell your story is is so just like engaging and just like beautiful to hear. So thank, thank you. you. So I have a question. So I guess, you know, we talk a lot about masculine men leading, feminine women, you know, submitting. And there are a lot of there are a lot of nuances to that conversation, but when you just yeah. think of the, the phrase, like you leading your relationship, like, how do you, how do you think about it? And like, what, yeah. What is your mindset around that? Me leading it? Yeah. I'm curious. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't look at one person leading it. I look at us being, you know, uh, uh, side by side. Yeah. I, I, I really, our relationship isn't, it, it, it truly is like, you know, we're, 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 we're standing beside each other. Nobody's leading the relationship. There's times, there's times yeah. for sure when yeah. one person has to take the lead because the yeah. other person is going through something. And yeah. that's a beautiful thing about it. Cause you've got this give and take. Um, yeah. and you know that, you know, I mean, just this year alone, my wife and I, there's been months where I've really needed to you know, I've, I've, I've felt a, you know, I've, I've hit a bit of a, a valley, yeah. you know, I've, I've hit a low emotionally or, or, or whatever. And, um, she's kind of had to kind of 
pick up her game a little bit and 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 help and lift me up to to come back to center with her. Yeah. Um. And so our relationship is, you know, truly, you know, we're it, it's that we're. Can you hear those dogs? What is it? Oh no, not at all. Um, I've got two pit bulls upstairs, and they <laughs> they're they're going wild. <laughs> Somebody must be at the door. Um. Yeah. So our relationship is very. It, it's it's not one person leading it um cool. yeah and and if any if anything i i can honestly say that um you know more times than not she's taking the lead that's especially when it comes to the parenting yeah i yeah. definitely that's something that i've heard many times i think that's so beautiful and you know when i think of like feminine strength and power and all of those things that you're expressing like there's there's a real like sense of being a visionary like yeah. this like intuitive knowing of like what needs to happen. And it seems like that's what she kind of puts forth, but there's definitely like a, uh, like on the masculine side, there's kind of like a taking of that vision and, yeah. and helping it kind of work, right. Like creating the order and the logic for it all to work out. So those are the, the things that I'm thinking about lately. And I'm so curious about, you know, your relationship and how you, balance your your polarity and your like mm-hmm. your more intimate side of the relationship and then your business side because I know your business partners too so yeah. I'm so curious how you guys find your balance hmm. it's uh it's 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 different it, it, I think it ebbs and flows really yeah um for us yeah like we own a tattoo shop together um uh, and I'll be a hundred percent honest I I'm just a name on the <laughs> on the paperwork. I love it. She she knows um you know mm-hmm. I've owned businesses in the past but she runs this business like a well-oiled machine. Um she's done this you know she's tattooed been tattooing for over 15 years. She's yeah. owned other shops in the past. Yeah. That is her like that is her baby yeah. for sure. I yeah. help promote it. I happen to because she came to move to where I lived. Yeah. Um rather than me go to to move with them um I send all my tattooed friends to her. That's 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 my part in it, really. Um, it. You know, when it comes to big big business decisions, yeah, we we have conversations. But you know, I I I would always um, go with her gut instinct. That's beautiful. Before, before my like trying to be overly logical about things, yeah, I'll go by her gut because I have I have a tendency to, um, yeah, to 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 try to be. Um, too logical or too, um, you know, I, I will see the numbers and she yeah. sees the vision. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I always trust her vision over my over my numbers. Um, but um Wow. Man, yeah. if more people in the world did that, I wonder where we'd be. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, and don't get me wrong, she does come to me with a lot of things and and I have yeah. input. You know, I my life experience is a lot different than hers. Um, mm. so if it's something that she knows she can pull from me, she does. Um, yeah. and if you know, and and otherwise, she's you know, she kind of manages it uh, on her own. Um, as far as uh, yeah, so that's a business side. Um, you know, as far as like the household stuff goes, um, parenting, like I a hundred percent trust her judgment when it comes to parenting. You know, I um, he's my stepson, but I don't like to call myself you know i don't like to call him a, he's my right. son his right. father is not he's in the picture but nowhere near 
Um, so they don't, they're not in person ever, uh, really. So, you know, I'm, I'm his, I'm the father figure. I'm, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. And, um, I, um, I have like the, I have a totally different relationship with him than she does. Yeah. Him and I have adult conversations. It's unbelievable. Like we, I pick him up from school and we talk and I could swear I'm sitting next to a 18 year old kid and he's answering my questions and whatever. And then his mom comes home and he like reverts to, you know, he's nine, but he goes back to like, he's six with her. Right. So we have two really polar opposite relationships. And right. with me, um, I use this, I use our time together because, um, his mom works late. So, you know, I'm always, I have a few hours after school with him. So I pick him up from school every day, have like three or four hours. Um, and I use that time to make the, you know, to, to bond and have the, those conversations that, that I talked about. And also the, the playful moments that yeah. I, I, that I, I need and that he also needs, he yeah. teaches me a lot that way. Um, yeah. but when it comes to, you know, when it comes to, um, parental decisions, yeah. Again, like she, I do, I do take, yeah, I, 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 there's, I could probably count on, on maybe one hand, how many times I've disagreed with a decision that she wanted to make or that she totally. decided for him. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we talked a little bit about this too, but like, as far as the hobby stuff goes with her and I, um, the real, you know, something that was, um, uh, I loved, I loved when we got together that we shared this uh, this love for fighting and, and training yeah. Muay Thai and and combat sports and stuff like that. Um, but it's really it's you know, it's really it's something that um, for me. And again, this is this is a hard thing for me to say as a man, you know, she's done much better than I have in, in those sports. And um, and I've I've actually had a really, really difficult time. Like, so something that we shared together at the beginning and loved, I actually let put a wedge in between us. And this is a really strange, um, male competitive, like me not allowing her to, I, I, this is going to sound wrong, but allowing her to, to enjoy her success Yeah, because I couldn't stop comparing my, you know, what I saw as, um, you know, failures. I couldn't yeah. stop. I couldn't stop comparing the two. And I, I really let that put a wedge um, between us for a long time. And and it was totally a pride. It was my pride and my ego that were standing in the way of me just saying, you know what, I am just so proud of you. And believe me, I felt it, but I had yeah. such a hard time saying it. Yeah. And I'm proud of you. And I, and so I've recently um, torn my ACL and I'm I'm unable to I'm unable to train or fight or anything like that. Yeah. So I've been forced and, uh, you know, I've been forced to the sidelines by yeah. an injury. And, um, you know, it, 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 at first it sounds like, you know, to me, it sounded like this is the worst thing ever. I can't train for a year, but it's actually put me in a place that I'm really quite proud of. And it's, it'll, it's allowed me the space to assume the spectator's seat and the supporter's seat mm. and actually settle into it. Where mm -hmm. I didn't have to think about a fight coming up. I didn't have to compare anything. I'm able to just sit back, talk to her about her training, her fights, you know, help, you know, kind of coach on the sidelines with her um, and really be the supportive partner mm. that I should have been the whole time. Mm. And um, and and I am so proud of her for everything she does. And I'm you know, she's 
she's so talented. She's so strong. She's so, you know, she's so amazing in in so many ways. And I'm, I'm proud of everything that she does. But that one thing, as I said, it was this, uh, this ego thing, this pride thing that was standing in the way of me being that like supportive. And why should I, even if I wasn't, you know, we're, we're two, two different people with two, you know, always different opponents where it, and <laughs> yeah. I was allowing this, like this, this man brain to like take over and go, no, it's no, the no, machista this is... brain. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's so ridiculous when I look back at it now, but I let yeah. it consume me for so long in this, like, oh, my wife's, you know, it's all I ever heard about is how, how she's a beast and she's this. And I know that stuff, yeah. but I, I couldn't, I couldn't accept it because my, my, you know, masculine, like hyper masculine brain was taking over the the sensitive side. Yeah. You know, and it, it and it was telling me, hang on, you're you know, you're supposed to be the fighter. Your wife can't be the you know what I mean? And, yeah. and it was it's bullshit, really. It really is absolute bullshit. And you know, sitting back now where I am, uh, and able to really appreciate and um and cherish the moments with her in her successes yeah. and in some of her losses um of course you know it's it's really been eye-opening and it's really um as i said at the beginning you know uh women have taught me a lot about myself and and um she going through that with her and having her um undeniable support even when i wasn't being the partner i should have been yeah was everything for me and it and it, it i needed that person to stick with me yeah. While I while I while I kind figured of rode that roller coaster and came out and, and finally figured that out. And I'm the type that, you know, it takes me longer than most to figure that stuff out sometimes. Well, but also when it comes to figuring it out, it's like you talk about ego and pride. And, you mm-hmm. know, I I hear that. But like, what do you think ego and pride were actually covering up? Like, was there like a deeper feeling? Yeah. It's the same thing I talked about earlier. It's I'm not worthy. Yeah. And I knew I'm not it. good enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same. It's the same. Those ego, the ego and pride was doing the same thing that the drugs and alcohol were doing right. earlier in my life. Right. It's just right. a different, it's just a different mask different or a different mask. escape from. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's thank you for expressing that. It's such mm-hmm. a big, I mean, it's, it's so ubiquitous. Like, the self-worth thing um, coming from men. And I also, and women who maybe had, didn't have like a stellar relationship with dad. And so also developed like a strong masculine, hyper-masculine part of themselves to where they always felt like they needed to prove themselves to be loved. And I know that was my journey. So letting go of that has been my whole, my whole twenties. But um, so like, I feel that like on such a, such a, such a deep level this like way that we're all so connected like men and women this like self-worth piece yeah i think it's universal for sure um and and i think that my my wife she she would share those same feelings and in fact she has you know i don't want to speak i don't want to put words in anyone's mouth but yeah you know that's you know we've had these conversations and you know my uh my emotions were echoed by by her hers and you know yeah. she she talked about her childhood in much the same way as I did uh, and as I said before you know like the stories were the same the details were different yeah. right 
Yeah. Um, I love that. So, so Chris, how now when you go back to fighting, mm -hmm. how are you going to be different? (laughs) (laughs) I'll be older. (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, to be honest, um, I think it's at this point, if I go back, yeah, I'm really starting to settle into this, um, into like the, the peace and the serenity of like nonviolence. And, okay. and, and I don't mean, you know, it's, it's not, I, uh, it's a sport and yeah. you know what I mean? And it, it, it's, it includes violence and it's part of the sport, but I really, I'm kind of settled into this, this, you know, spectator seat, you know, and I, mm. as I said, I'm, I'm going to be 45. Yeah. Um, it's well past any fighter's prime and I'm, I'm not, um, so something I I've really looked at for myself is that like, I've never made money fighting. That's never been my job. Yeah. You know, I'm a firefighter. I, yeah. I, you know, and so if I keep, if I keep injuring myself and if I keep, and if my, my fights or my, my losses are, um, controlling my emotional well-being so much maybe mm. that's not the place that i need to put myself again right um so i'm 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 kind of at that point you know i, I it would be still a year before i can do anything with my knee mm. um so i've got a lot of time to think and you know maybe i return to it in just a um training in a training capacity where mm. you know it's about exercise and moving my body and you know, respecting my joints and my, my, like my, my body that keeps falling apart on me. Like, um, and, and, you know, and it's, again, there's another pride thing where I, I, you know, I'm, I'm aging, but I'm, I, I still think I'm 21. Like my my brain still says you're 21, you could do anything and you're Superman, um, which is great sometimes, but I mean, you know, until you start falling apart. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. And so if I could picture myself going back, I think I would go back into it if I were to take another fight with zero expectations. Yeah. No pressure. And um and I think more of a uh respect for myself and my well-being exactly uh, all around. So mental, physical and emotional. Yeah. More of like a self self development piece yeah. versus like I need to win this fight to prove myself. <laughs> for sure, and 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 I need to do this for me, yeah, not for anybody else. I need to do this because I actually want to do this, and this is my, you know, this, this is this is something that um, I I think that a big thing for me is if it's not fun, don't do it. Yeah, and it stopped being fun about three years ago for me. Yeah. And I kept doing it. So, yeah. you know, and my body keeps breaking. And yeah. I think yeah. that's something there sh- saying, hang on, like, you're not listening to that, that if it's not fun, don't do it mantra. You know, you so, so your body's going to start breaking down and, sh- and showing you instead of showing you, you listening. Yeah. Your so body, I think there's something there. Our bodies talk to us. That's for sure. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. I love that. Well, I'm excited for you to like go into this new phase and chapter of your life. And I, Wanted to kind of ask like one other question specific to you and your wife. Like, what do you yeah. think? Cause I know this is interesting. Everyone that listens to Venus and Mars, it's always like finding tidbits and information about relationships and just like how people are relating um, men and women. So 
What do you think that is something that your wife has helped you learn about women that you might've had wrong before? I don't know that I had it wrong before because I think I've always viewed women as strong. Right. Um, but I think she's, she's amplified that, that mm. strength and, 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 um, she's shown me that, um, <laughs> that women can be, you know, strong, talented, beautiful, soft, hard, um, you know, like whatever they need to be. Mm. I think it's their resilience. She's shown me resilience that women have that I I probably wasn't as aware of. Mm. And I see that in her through, you know, she works, she works a long day at work dealing with people, tattooing people. Um, you know, she's making the lunches for the kid, you know, driving him to school, going to work, then, you know, going to training before work, and then maybe another training session after work, then coming home, you know, sitting down getting some food and, you know, and then doing the bedtime routine and all this stuff, you know, and, and, you know, and I've, you know, I've picked the kid up, spent some fun time with him and probably gone and got a workout in, in my day, yeah. uh, you know, and she's done, she's done, you know, 20 different things yeah, and still comes out, you know, like so strong, so resilient. Um, She has been through, I mean, she's been through a lot in her life. Yeah. Um, post recovery or sorry pre recovery rather yeah um and post really but uh she she lived a lot of years yeah um before she and she wasn't in in her active addiction for longer than maybe 5 or 6 years but they were hard years yeah very very hard and um yeah the resilience that the resilience that she that she kind of displays and shows me every day is uh is like quite awe inspiring that's so beautiful. On that yeah. note, I think, I just think that's such a perfect place to end. I think we've talked about some really important elements around self-worth and just the ma the masculine psyche and what's going on in your mind when this, these like moments come up, when you feel like, you know, you, your ego is getting the best of you. And so thank you for expressing all of that. And, um, I'm just, I'm so happy to get this story out to everybody. And I wanted to ask, let everyone know kind of where they can find you, if they've resonated with what you're talking about, where they can just, yeah, give give some details on where they can locate you. Yeah, for sure. Um, Instagram is the best place. Okay. Uh, my pers personal Instagram is underscore Chris underscore how underscore. And then the <laughs> podcast, um, Chris Howe was taken and Chris Howe 101, Chris Howe 202. Yeah. Everything was taken. So I had these uh, underscores. But the podcast um, Instagram is okay. uh, authentic adversity. Yep. Um, you can also check that out on um, YouTube um, cool. or any of any of the listening platforms, uh, Spotify video as well. Um, you know, it's out on pretty much every listening platform that I could find. Yeah. Um, but what I really, really want to to get people to is uh, the YouTube page because cool. that's been that's been the hardest to 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 get people. It's been hard to get people from other platforms over there. Totally. Um. So you know, yeah, check out the videos there. Um. There's lots of lots of amazing guests and uh, 
great yeah. stories there. I love that. I'm going to put all of the links down below the episode. So no worries. Um, Perfect. people will have them there. And what are you up to for the next couple months? Like what's your most important mission? Um, well, we've got a busy couple months. Uh, okay. you know, we just bought a new, uh, we just bought a new shop. So we're going to be moving shops. We've got, um, an artist coming over from Russia to come oh, and work with us. So that's Russia. A, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're bringing, we're sponsoring her and her family to come over mm-hmm. and uh, she's an amazing artist. She's got uh, a husband and a kid that's around our son's yeah. age. So um, definitely wanted, they wanted out of Moscow. So um, yeah. Yeah. And so um, we, we're super happy to facilitate um, the move and really cool. happy to have her start with us. We've got some new artists starting, so it's going to be, I think a big time for the shop um uh we've got a you know we're we're, we're in the midst of moving we've got a, a a little uh condo in tulum mexico and we're in the midst of moving uh out to the west coast of mexico so selling our place moving out cool you know um and uh you know surgery for me um yeah, yeah and uh that that'll be interesting um and and then the next couple of months uh our kid is going to be keeping us super busy he's got a lacrosse <laughs> season coming up Um, so that's going to be lots of traveling, lots of, you know, lots of games. And, uh, you know, my wife said something to me today. She, she met with a friend, um, who was talking about, uh, you know, a breakup that she had had with, Mm. with, um, her, I guess, ex now. And that, you know, the, the person that that she was talking to is, you know, saying that, um, she kind of didn't know what happened. She let her, the rest of her life take over and didn't give the relationship the attention it deserved. Yeah. And um, she didn't show up for the relationship the way she would have liked to. So we yeah. had a conversation this morning just saying like, you know, um, let's really like, I think that was for my wife a lot. Of, it was really introspective for her. And she said, you know, let's not waste the moments that we have together. Let's really try to, focus on all the positives mm. and if there's anything negative that we that we're dwelling on or that we keep bringing up let's let's do our part both of us and just like yeah. pushing that aside and like let's find the positive in everything because you know we need to we need to continue to show up for each other and be uh in tune with each other's needs and uh and so i think you know it sounds it sounds a little funny but i think the next couple of months are going to be interesting with that kind of um that kind of mission yeah. um at, uh, uh, like at the forefront so we're yeah. actually going to be proactively yeah making those making you know identifying like naming and identifying when we're when we're dwelling on something negative and and yeah. really like you know really making the most of the moments that we have together which is um yeah i mean it's it's i think i'm really excited i know that she she is too so uh it's exciting for the whole family and and i i know that a lot of uh a lot of like real good quality family time will come out of that. And that's really mm. what all of this is about. Mm. Thank you for that. Beautiful <laughs> piece of advice for everybody listening. Um, I will just kind of like put a bow on that whole like beautiful <laughs> monologue in the sense that, you know, we spend so much time and money and energy on degrees and on our jobs and focusing on all these things. And we just like, do not pay attention to our relationship. And then mm-hmm. on our deathbed, the only thing we remember is our relationships. And yeah. so it's just so silly how we do this really stupid thing where we do the exact reverse of what we actually desire to be doing. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just a, a matter of, you know, reprioritizing and and yeah. and being 
having that constant connection with what's most important. I love it. Well, cheers to that. And I hope you've all enjoyed this episode until next time.